I'm going to ask you to go with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 78 once again this week as I continue ministering on the subject, the table in the wilderness. Last week we saw how the nation of Israel limited God. And you and I, this week as we continue to study this passage, we continue to stand in faith believing that God is the supernatural provider for every single one of his children and for every single one of their needs. The word of God in Psalm 78 gives us a retelling of the history of the nation of Israel as they journeyed through the wilderness. And it teaches us some of the negative characteristics of the people of Israel so that we will not repeat those characteristics in our own uh, times of hardship. And in verse 17, we read that they still continue to sin against him and to rebel against the Most High in the desert. And in their heart, they put God to the test by asking for food according to their desire. And they spoke against God and said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? This morning, I want to continue ministering on that subject, the table in the wilderness. Because I believe that as we go through this time of crisis as a nation, a health crisis, an economic crisis, an emotional crisis, that we should be reminded that we have a God who can set a table for us in the presence, or pardon, in the wilderness. Just as the nation of Israel asked this question, in the negative sense, they asked it in unbelief. You and I this morning do not ask in unbelief, but we ask it in faith. And we say God can set a table in the wilderness. And I want to encourage you today to believe God and to stand on this assurance that God can and that God will set a table in your wilderness. And in this season of your life, he will show himself strong. Almighty God, we thank you for your word this morning. I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation, that as they hear the word, they might receive it with gladness of heart. We ask this in Jesus' name and for the glory of God. Amen. Can you say amen? The nation of Israel... Scholars tell us in the wilderness required 4 million pounds of food every day. And according to the instructions God gave, they were to receive manna from heaven every day and twice as much on Friday. So that's 4 million pounds of food every day and twice on Friday. That would be roughly... 150 times the number of pounds that we give here at the church once a month uh, for our food drive. They also needed 500 square miles to set up camp for that great nation in the wilderness. And so you can understand why Moses would panic when they came to him saying, we are hungry. They came to him with the great essential need of man the need for food and for water. The Bible says at one point they even 
threatened to stone Moses because of the severity of their fear concerning the issue of lack, concerning the issue of their need. That is often one thing that accompanies lack or the threat of lack is fear. Fear had entered the hearts of this people as it no doubt enters the hearts of many people in our present situation. And yet, although I believe and would agree that Moses had a reason to panic and I would have panicked as well, God did not panic. Instead, God promised them that he would meet their need. And he sent them manna from heaven, the very bread of heaven, every single day and twice on Friday for seven years. For seven, for, pardon, for 40 years. For 40 years, God provided for the land and for the people of Israel in their desert. He let them see his goodness. He let them experience his divine and supernatural provision. And he caused them to understand that he was in that indeed their father and their God. This morning I want to encourage you as well. That no matter the challenge that you may face. No matter the season that you might confront. That there is a God in heaven who provides. And who sustains those who trust in him by faith. And can I just ask you right from the outset of this message. If you have seen God already supernaturally provide for you and for your family in the midst of these hardships that the nation is going through, say amen or say hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I thought because we are the children of God. And no matter whether you're in the wilderness or in a paradise, you can expect and experience the supernatural provision of God. Now listen to what God said to the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, he says, You shall remember all the way that the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, test you, and uh, that you might and know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry, and he fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That you might understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God says to the nation of Israel, listen, this is why I allowed you to have a little hunger, so that you would experience the miracle manna, and so that you would know that your existence does not depend on bread. Your existence does not depend on a job. Your existence does not depend on a stimulus check. Your existence does not depend on whether there's a pandemic or no pandemic. He said, I have brought you to this wilderness to show you that you will exist by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Come on, somebody, give God praise for his word, which is undying and unfailing. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie nor the Son of Man, that he should repent. Has he spoken, and will he not do it? The Bible says that God will do with his hand what his mouth has spoken. And yet, there is such a great need in the human heart to come to terms with this fact. We tend to lean on so many things. We tend to depend on so many things. And it's not until 
We come into a time like the one we're living right now where we realize it's not about the house and the car. It's not about the job and the bank account. It's not about the stock market going up or down. It's about depending on the almighty word of God because it is his word that can sustain you and I through every strain and every test of life. That's why I encourage you to memorize the word of God, to study the word of God, to be filled with the word of God because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The scripture also tells us in Psalm 106 that God gave them their request, but he sent leanness to their soul. What does this mean? It means that the nation of Israel was so preoccupied with the physical, material things that God gave them those things, but they were not interested in spiritual things. And so, although they got the material things, their soul began to languish. Their soul was dissatisfied. Their soul became lean. Their outer man was full and fat, but their inner man was lean and thin because they had not put a priority on spiritual matters. Can I encourage you this morning, Kingsway Church, when you pray, go ahead and pray for that job and that better pay. Go ahead and pray for that car and that house. Go ahead and pray for those things that you want. But don't leave out the spiritual things that are far more important than all of that. Because you see, you can have the entirety of material world and wealth. And yet if you don't have your spirit right with God, if you don't have a flowing relationship with God, it's leanness and emptiness to your soul. In the nation of Israel put spiritual things on the back burner. And they experienced the provision of God in the natural. But they missed out on the provision of God in the spiritual. Can I just tell you something that I have been experiencing over the last few weeks and days. And I want to encourage you to be at the, the house of God every time you can. To be in this drive-in service every time you can. Because the Spirit of God has filled this parking lot night after night and time after time as we have come to worship. And this is what is most important to have a spiritual cup that is overflowing. Come on somebody. God is still pouring out of His Spirit. And He is still filling the very hunger of the human heart if you will believe and come to Him by faith. I want to share with you a few other stories from the Bible of God's supernatural provision, that your faith might be encouraged and strengthened in God. You all know very well the story of the woman of Zarephath. She was a widow. The Bible tells us that she was collecting sticks to make a small fire and bake her last little bread cake. She was going to bake a bread cake for herself and her son, and then she was going to die. She was in the midst of a severe famine, a famine brought on by the word of God toward a rebellious nation of Israel. She found herself in desperate straits. She was at the end of her rope, and she had already made preparations for death. But then the Bible said that God sent Elijah the prophet to her. He said to Elijah, go to Zarephath, for I have prepared there a widow to sustain you. I have commanded a widow to provide for you. And Elijah went and he found this widow as she was gathering sticks. And he said to her, bring me a cup of water. And she said, all right, I could probably do that. 
It was a drought after all. It was a famine. But then he said something even more difficult. And he said to her, bring me a bread cake too. She said to him, sir, as your God lives, I only have but a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. And my son and I are going to eat this bread cake. And then we are going to die. She was telling Elijah, I can manage the water, but I don't think I can manage the bread. Elijah said to her, don't worry about it. You go and do what I have spoken to you. For this is the word of the Lord to you. He said, the barrel of flour will not be exhausted, nor will the jar of oil become empty according to the word which I have spoken. And so she went and she did according to the word of Elijah. And the Bible says that because she honored and obeyed the word of the prophet Elijah, that she and the prophet and her household ate for many days. That meant that every time she went back to the kitchen and every time she went back to the barrel of flour, there was supernatural provision. There was a table in the wilderness. There was an eternal supply. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a God who can rescue you from the very end, from the very last. She was at the end of her rope, but God had a plan for her. Can I tell you this morning, are you at the end of your rope? God has a plan for you. God has a miracle in waiting for you. If you will just receive his word by faith and put your faith in him. Say amen, somebody, if you believe that. This woman has taught us this year that you can trust God with your last. You can trust God with your least. You can trust God with all that you have. And he will not fail you. He will not let you down. He will move on your behalf. And he will do the impossible in your life. Somebody give God praise for the table that he has prepared for you in the wilderness. We read about David. David was a man of God who had many enemies. The Bible tells us about David that he had to face five giants in his lifetime. Not only did he face those Philistine giants, but he also faced King Saul, who desired to kill him. David not only faced those physical giants and those physical enemies, but he also faced the terrors of emotional enemies. He faced the emotional enemies of a father's wound, of a rejection, of having been left out and rejected. In addition to the emotional wounds that David carried, he also had to deal with the enemy of temptation, that enemy which plagued his soul. And David found himself in the midst of all of this, supported and strengthened by an almighty God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 23 what David thinks about it. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then David concludes the psalm by saying, The Lord has prepared a table before me before me, in the presence of my enemies. What was David saying? David was saying, God has met my needs. 
even in the midst of giants, even in the midst of kings trying to kill him, even in the midst of emotional enemies trying to destroy and ravage his soul. David said, I have seen God put a table in my wilderness. He has set a table before me in the presence of my enemies and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know if you know this this morning, but you were being followed when you came to church this morning. You were followed by the goodness and the mercy of God. Come on, somebody. And God says, I will put a table for you, even in the presence of your enemies. Even in the place of adversity and challenge. Maybe there's an enemy over your health this morning. An enemy over your body called disease, called infirmity. Maybe there's an enemy over your finances this morning trying to rob you of your peace. Maybe there's an enemy over your marriage trying to destroy what God has put together. Can I tell you, look up because your father has set a table for you in the presence of your enemy and you can eat in abundance and in peace. We read also about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was the orphan son of the prince of Israel. His grandfather was the king of Israel named Saul. Saul and Jonathan, Mephibosheth's father, had died on the battlefield. And with them died the dynasty of King Saul. The kingdom now transferred from Saul to David. And David became king. And in those ancient days when there was a transition of power, it was not like here in the United States where we have the peaceful transfer of power in those days, if you were part of the old kingdom, you were put to death, especially if you were an heir to the throne. Mephibosheth was an heir to the throne. He was therefore under the sentence of death. His nurse decided to save his life. She grabbed him up as a baby, as a little child, began to run out of the palace when she heard that Saul and Jonathan were dead. And while she was running, she tripped and dropped that baby. And Mephibosheth became a cripple from that day on. He ended up living in a place called Lodibar, a place of isolation, a place of fear. He lived in the constant fear of being found, the constant fear of being discovered, always living with having to look over his shoulder to see if anyone was following him. One day the Bible said that David asked the question. He said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I might show him mercy for Jonathan's sake? What did I just tell you? I told you that surely goodness and mercy would follow you all of the days of your life. Mephibosheth was looking over his shoulder to see who was following him. He didn't realize the mercies of God were following him. And maybe you don't realize it this morning. But the mercies of God are following you this morning. And he's followed you to a place of, re of, re of redemption and a place of restoration. They said to David, yes, there's a young man. There's a man named Mephibosheth of the house of Saul. He's the son of Jonathan. He lives in Lodivar. And so they went and, and called out Mephibosheth from his home in Lodabar. Mephibosheth thought, this day I'm going to die. My number's been called. I'm going to be brought before the king, and no doubt he will have me 
killed. And so when he came before David, being a cripple as he was, he fell there upon the floor. And then he fell also upon his face. And he said to David, he said, do with me as you will. I'm just a dog. I don't deserve anything from you. And David had a whole different response from Mephibosheth that day. He said, Mephibosheth, from this day on, you are going to eat at my table every single day. You are going to wear my royal garments every single day. You're going to live in the palace and every acre of land that was lost by Saul is going to re be restored unto you. And that day that cripple became a king again. That day he was restored all that had been lost. And he sat at the table of King David. And Mephibosheth ate every day of its table in the wilderness. Because God's mercy is able to restore and to rebuild even the most broken life. Come on somebody. I'm telling you there is a God who cares. A God who loves. And do you know why I love this story? I love this story because Mephibosheth is a picture of my life and your life. We were like him. We were sons of a king. We were the heirs of Adam's amazing blessing at creation. But that was lost at the fall. Sin made us men and women who were condemned to sin and to error. But one day King Jesus came and he brought you out of Lodibar. He brought you out of sin and addiction. He brought you out of shame and bondage. And he brought you to the palace. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. And today you're seated at the table. And you enjoy the delicacies of heaven. And you're dressed in robes of righteousness. And do you know that when Mephibosheth was sitting at that table, his crippled legs were under that table. Nobody could see his brokenness. Nobody could see his shame. Friend, when you come to Jesus, you take refuge under him. He will cover your shame and your brokenness and he'll make you whole. Somebody ought to give God praise for the glory of God manifested at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. That brings me to my final example this morning of the table in the wilderness. The Bible says that the Pharisees came to Christ and they said to him, You're not even 50 years old. Why do you preach with such authority? They said to him, Our fathers ate manna that came from heaven. What have you eaten? They were calling him out, as the young people would say today. They're saying, who are you? Who do you think you are? Jesus said to them, surely your fathers ate manna in the wilderness. And they all died. He was pointing out that the material provisions cannot give you eternal life. He said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness. And they all died. He said, but I am the bread that has come out of heaven. And he that eats of me will never die. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And he that eats of me will never die. You see, friends, Jesus is the table in the wilderness. This world, whether in good times or bad times, is a wilderness of sin. A wilderness of fallen men and women. We need a savior. We need a divine bread. 
The kind that can restore the emotions of a broken man. The kind that can restore the finances of the impoverished. The kind that can restore the soul of the lost and the condemned. This bread is found only in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The manna came out of heaven. But Jesus is the bread that has come out of heaven. And this bread, if you will eat of him, if you will receive Christ as your Lord, if you will, if you will dine at his table daily and nourish yourself on his word, you will find that he is the life-giving bread and that he is the sustainer. He is the table in the wilderness. Can I tell you, friends, that every day of my life that I have known Jesus, I have found him to be the inexhaustible source and supply. When I have needed a friend, he was a friend. When I have needed a counselor, he was a counselor. When I have needed a physician, he has been my physician. When I have needed hope, he has been my light. When I have needed to be sustained, he has been my strength. He is the table in the wilderness and he will not fail. He will not let you down. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in Jesus today. He is the all-sufficient supply of heaven. And whereas those who received the manna, they died. Those who received Christ will have eternal life. And they'll have the eternal hope and presence of God even in a moment like the one our world is living today. Will you put your trust in him? Will you say yes to him? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, if you have not come to the table, I invite you to do so today. Because you see, I, re I believe that one of the reasons that God puts a table in the middle of the enemies is so that the enemy of God that man, that woman who's running from God, who's cursing God, who's mad at God, so they can look to the table. And he says, if you will come to this table, I'll heal you. And I'll restore you and I'll save you. And I'll make you a new man or a new woman. And I'll transform your life. And if you'll say yes to Christ, today can be the beginning of a whole new style of life for you. Jesus said, no one who comes to me will I under any circumstances turn away. And so if that's you, friend, this morning, you say, Pastor Isaac, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I want to come to the table. I want to enjoy what he has provided at the cross. I want you right where you are to bow your head. And to pray this prayer with me, if that's you. To say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I have sinned. I deserve judgment. But this morning I fall upon your mercy. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And I ask you to make me part of your family. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. 
that you rose from the dead to give me life. And I receive that life today. By faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen.